Hello and welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. This is Pastor Rob and we're going to uh, take a look at what Proverbs begins to say about money. Now money's a great topic to talk about. As believers, as Christians, it's one of those topics where it's very difficult to kid yourself about what you're doing or how you're doing because your money goes somewhere. You earn it somehow and then you spend it somehow. And and one of the things the Bible has to say about money is, you know, it's kind of like out of the overflow of the wallet. Um the heart speaks. So what we do with our money is worship, um, how we earn it and how we save it and how we spend it. It's all, um, it tells us how we're doing about the, with the Lord. And it, um, is a way that we can know God and worship God through, um, our finances. And so we're in Proverbs chapter three, and we're in this series of kind of two part Proverbs, where it says, if you do this, then this, and it's part of knowing God. And so in Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10, this is what Solomon writes. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So what Solomon's saying, he's saying, number one, that, I mean, he's talking to an agricultural society, right? So he's not talking about money. He's talking about more like produce, things that grow. And so what he's saying, number one, is that wealth is relational. Wealth is about your relationship with God. Um, Gaining wealth and spending wealth and saving wealth is all about your relationship with God. And so what he's saying is, Let's start off by just saying that God is the creator of all things. He's the creator of me. He's my Lord. And so with my wealth, I need to honor him. And this isn't to the exclusion of anything else. You could say with your mouth, honor the Lord. You could say with your heart, honor the Lord. You could say in your business, honor the Lord. In your marriage, honor the Lord. With your kids, honor the Lord. But as he approaches wealth, the main thing he wants to say is honor God. Use your wealth in such a way that you're making God look great. Use your wealth in such a way that you're making him look honorable, glorious, kingly. Um, Don't use your wealth in a way that says your wealth is your God, your wealth is your protection, your wealth is the one that you look to for provision. Use your wealth to honor God. And then the parallel line is he says, and with your fir- the first fruits of all of your produce. So the first fruits really would be the kind of the first things that pop out of the ground for the harvest. It'd be like the firstborn of an animal. And so it's kind of like the beginning of, um, of, of the, your income. So it says honor God right away with what you make. So there's kind of, um, different ways to do this, right? And Proverbs will have lots to say about wealth from there. There's tithing is a way of honoring God. Giving to the poor is the way of honoring God. Um, And so what we have from Solomon here says, let it be a heart issue about showing love and honor to God. When you think about your finances, think about how can I show the world and show myself and show God that I believe that God is awesome, wonderful, and in control. That's what Solomon is saying. And then here's the promise. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Okay, so these are kind of the two main ways that in an agricultural society, you would see that things are going well. Your barn, which is where you would keep your harvest and keep your animals, will be full. And your wine vats, and the wine was a kind of like a, a luxury good, right? You didn't need it to live, but if you were doing really well, you'd have a vineyard and you could turn those grapes into wine. And so it's a bit more of a luxury good, but it's a joyful thing to have, okay? That's the Old Testament's view of wine is it's a joyful thing to have. Don't abuse it. Proverbs will have lots to say about not abusing wine. But 
it can be a, it's a sign of God's favor that you be able to plant a vineyard, cultivate a vineyard, harvest a vineyard, make the wine, and have it turn out into a good, healthy uh, crop harvest. So your barns will be filled and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now, this is one of those proverbs which throws people a curveball because it seems like, you know, it, that that's not always the case. People can honor God and they are always wondering how they're going to pay the bills. People are going to be honoring God and there's always going to be trouble and you're never going to have everything you want. And so it can feel like God is over promising in this area. All right. And so I have a few thoughts about that. And these are for myself. And if they are helpful to you, then go for it. Number one is um, God is amazingly faithful to his people. Okay. God is amazingly faithful in providing for his people. Um, When I became a Christian, I found out about tithing. This idea of being able to worship God with money. And I was so excited about it. It's like, finally, yes, here is something practical I can do. I can write a check and I can give to God from what I have as a way of showing trust and love to him. I thought like this was the biggest privilege ever. This is wonderful. And so I've been tithing ever since I got saved when I was 18 years old or whatever it was. And the only big adjustment I've ever made to tithing was that we went from tithing what I, what the, my paycheck, the amount was to what the amount was before tax. So I was tithing off of what I actually made, not just what was left over after the tax man had his go at it. So that's the only tithing change we've ever done. And I can tell you that even though we've had times we needed to pray about stuff and we maybe haven't been able to do every single like whim we've ever wanted to, God has really provided for us, sometimes really miraculously, sometimes just through being able to save and pay down debt and stuff like that. But we have been provided for and we've had more than a little bit left over and we've had more than we need. So we're able to give and be generous and help take care of other people. And so there's just this, like, if you think back in your life, even if your heart thinks, well, my vats aren't overflowing, has God been providing for you? Has he given you not only everything you need to live, but has he given you more than enough so that you can have some you can spend money on things that you enjoy as well as being generous with others. And if that's the case, then praise the Lord. The other thing I want to think about here is that um, as you, you were called to listen to all of Proverbs, when we read any problem, we're supposed to become actually masters of the entire book before we start finding fault with any specific section in the book. And so as Solomon is going through the section here. He's saying, you know what, your finances are about your relationship with God. And if you worship him with your finances, he's going to take care of you. That's the big picture. But it doesn't mean there's never going to be lean times. There's never going to be hard times. Okay. But so there's another Proverbs uh, elsewhere in the book that says, you know, it's better to um, be just eating a crust of bread and have peace around your table than to be in the house of feasting where there's strife. And so it's like, it's better to actually feel poor as long as you're, you get along with your family. And so we meant to go and look at these, these sayings that kind of counterbalance looking at the world wisely before we just say, oh, that I don't experience this right now the way I want to then, blah, and I'm mad at the book. And the other thought, though, one last final thought is it, it, we, we shouldn't just assume that we're honoring God like he wants us to with our finances. We shouldn't just assume, well, I'm a Christian and I've tied that, that God actually 
looks at our heart and says, yeah, you're, you're, you're honoring me. You're worshiping with, with my money. We could be doing it by rote. We could be doing it by habit. And so sometimes I think often, you know, God sends a bit of a leanness into our days to turn us back to him and, and think and seek him and pray to him and be thoughtful about finances. Uh, one of the habits that I try to keep in my life is, you know, if I start ever worrying about money, that's when it's time to give. And if I start feeling, oh, I don't have very much, then I need to actually give because that that is a way of honoring God and saying, as as a feeling of financial leanness is making me think about God and finances, I want to respond in a way that honors him instead of is giving into fear or worry or self-protection or something like that. So, this is what the Proverbs is teaching us. It's all, Our finances are all about our relationship with God. And the, God is calling each one of us to honor him with it out of love. God is a wonderful God. He's a great dad. So I, God, I want to I show how wonderful you are to the world with my finances. And the promise is in the big picture, God will take care of you. He'll give you more than you need. He likes to be generous with his people. And as you experience lean times, we're called to... Um, enjoy what God has given us to be thankful to him and to seek him for how we can maybe adjust how we're using finances to honor him or just to be content until a time where he might bring us into a season of more harvest of more um, enjoyment. So you can meditate on this. I hope you're doing really well. Be blessed.